All right, so we are now recording, and this is the purpose of this uh, meeting is for us to dial in our communication policy. I know over the last six months or so, as Fire Cold Plunge has been growing, that we've been having some growing pains with some really interesting um, phenomenon showing up, and it turns out that these pains are things that all startups go through, every one of them, um, as the teams grow and communication continues to happen, um, it just gets worse and worse. So thankfully we're out ahead of it. Um, we've been getting some feedback from the team that they're saying things are constantly changing, which is the case in startups, but it doesn't need to feel that way. And it's definitely a symptom of uh, the communication. So um, based on our conversations and based upon the best practices of um, similar businesses in our industry, I have in the health industry, health product industry, um, I've put together the communication policy based on um, what'll make your life a lot easier running this business. Um, can you see here what you're looking I at? Yeah, man. Wonderful. So this here is what's the communication policy and it's in our Notion um, system. And in here, um, I include all the different concepts that we've come to discover in the last month or so in our journey of um, dialing in our communication. Um, one of the first things is the how the communication pathways scale as our team grows bigger. So one thing is, you know how it's difficult to have perfect communication even with our spouses, that uh, miscommunication can result in an argument, and that's just with one person. You now multiply that by many, many people, and it it's inevitability that we're gonna have all these weird problems showing up. Um, so here, in our particular case, uh, miscommunications can actually, it, it, the, the stakes are a whole lot higher in that a miscommunication costs us a lot of money, um, sending a unit to the wrong person or the wrong size and um, all sorts of injuries can happen if a process is done without the correct safety protocol because communication fell through. Um, it can result in people losing their jobs because they're not communicating when they'll be in or out. There's all these issues that can happen. Um, and these are real life serious issues that can all be avoided with an appropriate um, level of communication or appropriate uh, method of communication. And um, one of the first thing here that I put in is, and if this is, you're in agreement with this, is that being a good communicator is a requirement as part of being in fire cold plunge. So it's a non-negotiable. What's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely important. You know, one of the things that everybody gets introduced to when they come on board is being impeccable with your word, you know, I yeah. work on some businesses work on what I call transactional relationships and they're kind of 
they have a burn and turn, a burn and churn way of of staffing where they're right. just going to get the most out of people that they possibly can, and they invest most of their time in hiring and retraining people. But actually, hiring and retraining costs one point five times as much, not just economically, but also in time and energy than it does to retain somebody. I work off really high trust relationships. So once somebody comes on board and joins the team, I invest a lot of time in not just recruiting the right people and curating our specific constellation of uh, teammates, but also in making it all a well, finely tuned, working, well-oiled machine that can flow properly. And communication is a big part of that. But also, um, what I mean by good communication is not necessarily everything has to be factual and historical and accurate. There is a place for precise conversation uh, language, and there is a place for just shooting the shit and bantering, right? So a lot of the production team and fulfillment team are working with their hands doing uh, some repetitive tasks. You know, that is a great opportunity to connect with your colleagues. And in order to form good culture and relationships and have the positive environment we have, you know, you got to be able to just talk, speak freely. So this is where freedom of speech is, is really expressed. But when it comes to the product or a process, for example, let's say that in our apprenticeship model, somebody is trying to pass on information about how specifically this task or process needs to be done, and it's a critical task, and they're using very vague and imprecise language, that can lead to significant problems down the road, that can lead to lawsuits, it can lead to returns and repairs and bad reviews and all kinds of things if things aren't done properly. So yeah. It could There's be wide ranging. <laughs> it could be anything from uh, someone accidentally electrocuting themselves to catching fire to who knows. Um, when we're dealing mm-hmm. with manufacturing, there's so many dangers that can happen. And it's uh, the only way that we can feasibly avoid it is uh, really good communication. And one-on-one, it's easy. I could say, hey, uh, let's put our mask on. But when we're dealing with the whole team and there's, <laughs> you can get lost and miss things. So. so typically it takes a few times for somebody to learn something. <clears throat> I would say it takes multiple times for somebody to learn something. You have to do it over and over and over again. And some people say it even takes 10,000 hours to master something. Uh, yeah. And we have a lot of processes we try and get people to master and in order to really master something and to mentor and teach somebody um, to where they become to that level of proficiency, you have to disseminate a lot of information. And as we yeah. grow, it becomes impossible for me to repeat and deliver that much information to each person. Things fall through the cracks. And eventually you get to a problem where it's just a problem of scale. You can't logistically do it. Um, there's not enough time in the day. And so one of the things that we're starting to to work on is putting communications into recording so that we can take some of the information that's universal and shared with everybody 
and uh, put it in a format where people can listen to it in their own time, listen to it as many times as they want. They can cut back and forth to different parts that are important. They can replay parts over and over and over again, and they can share that recording with other people. And so yeah. communicating information is not something that happens instead of work. It's something that happens in addition to work because it can happen asynchronously. And that's another concept we should probably get into. Yes, yes. So um, what we're going through now is the communication policy. And full disclosure, some of this you and I aren't even yet doing because it's just so new to us. But really, it's um, one of the only ways that we're going to be able to digest the growth that's happening. And it's going to have to become part of our lives. Um, and the big question we want to solve today is what that's going to look like. Uh, we may not be able to do it in this one conversation, but um, over time, this is going to tighten up and change and improve as we go. But one key concept to all of this is a concept of being reactive versus proactive with conversation. And it's not something we often think about because the context of communication, the urgency around context isn't something that's usually apparent in one-on-one -on -one scenarios. Like between me and my wife, the context of urgency isn't necessarily the same um, with how we communicate. So one example I give is imagine the difference between getting a letter in the mail from your grandma versus five missed calls from the daycare, right? If you got five missed calls from the daycare, your, your blood pressure is up. You're probably pulling over the car saying, what the heck is going on? Where if you got a letter from grandma, you could put it in your schedule that you'll process the mail on Friday afternoon after work. And it's very low stress. So even though the content of both of those communications are a mystery. We don't know what is in that communication. Because of the context of the communication, how it's delivered determines the urgency. And in normal everyday life, this doesn't really matter. But in the level of an organization, when an organization goes through hundreds and hundreds of communications per day, anything that leads leans on the spectrum towards reactive will slowly cause that organization to fall into more and more chaos and stress as it's constantly reactive um and it, it's especially difficult for those of those of the people in leadership who probably just feel like they're drowning all the time so um like a text message is less reactive than a phone call but it's very slight difference. It adds up, though. It has a cumulative effect. So that's the first concept that for us to make sense of all of this, we have to understand that there is a cumulative cognitive load to reactive synchronous communication. I don't know if that made any sense. It does. It will drain you if you're constantly putting out fires because you don't have in place systems and communication structures and channels that 
allow you to handle it in a proactive and systematic way. And I don't mean that we should be ridiculous here, but there's incredible advantage to doing things the way that we do it and the direction that we're going. So we put communications in uh, Loom videos and Slack and podcasts like this that can be consumed in your time when it's convenient for you, like you're probably driving to work right now or driving home from work. And you can listen to this while you're just sitting in traffic rather than waiting to start work when you get in here and I have to waste everybody's time. So when we do work in person, a synchronous communication, uh, I mean a meeting in person, the highest value for that is things that require your input, your immediate uh, feedback and discussion or things that I have to make sure are communicated uh, immediately. Things that are just like an update or a notice or a change that doesn't require any input or discussion or, or, or challenge or deliberation process, those are all things that are a total waste of your time to have everybody there. So we're going to record those and we drop them into our Slack channels and in our Notion database and we share them with you um, and you just close the loop on communication to make sure and let us know that you've read those policy and process changes in your own time within a certain time frame. So that's kind of how we handle that. And speaking of, um, and speaking of that, well, hold on a second, Adrian. Do you have anything you want to add here? Oh yeah, I, I remember um, certain days when we had a plan and everything went exactly like we were able to work our plan and work our schedules, and there were no fires to put out, and we got a ton of work done. And we made a lot of progress. And at the end of the day, we were able to exercise and, you know, do do some fun stuff with our kids and go to the pizza place. But on days when we're putting out fires, by the end of the day, just that reactive communication, text message after phone call, after text message, after just at the end of the day, there's no energy to even do self-care and cook yourself a meal, <laughs> you're just burnt out. And that cognitive load of being reactive in communication and creating, you know, they're not doing it on purpose, but this style, old style of communication one-on-one -on -one just slowly wears people down who are doing a lot of the um, administrative work. And it just bogs the entire organization down. And I've seen it happen, it's amazing. Yeah, so we're going to create a giant database of concepts like this. Um, introduce to you the MIMPA models. This will also be some, this podcast will be part of our professional development. So I want to be able to train you guys up in our leadership and management philosophy, which we'll probably do another podcast on. But one of the things that's really important to me is creating a bottom up rather than a top down organization. And the difference of that is the difference between a dictatorship where you know whoever is in charge of the business has to tell everybody else what to do and they have to just follow orders and there is a place for for rules there are some things that are super critical and in our process um but 
a bottom-up organization is where you can create the systems and the knowledge and information to empower people to know what to do without needing to be told what to do. And that can get rid of the top-down, uh, overhead-heavy leadership organizations that usually turn into bureaucracies. And I abhor yeah. bureaucracies like a vacuum. So uh, <laughs> this is my agenda to get rid of that and to create an organization that thrives on freedom. So we're going to decentralize our communication pathways and we're going to decentralize our uh, 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 knowledge systems and our quality control systems and everything else, which we'll get into in other, other podcasts. But yeah. um, I want to sum it up with this mental model of superior value. So when you think of communication, especially those of you who hold meetings like our master technicians, um, think of where does an in-person meeting create superior value to a post in Slack or an email or a text? And where does an email or a text create superior value as a form of communication than an in-person conversation? That's, that's the concept I want to leave you all with, superior value. Wonderful. And you, are you asking me to answer those, or is that for them to think about as as we go through our our? Oh, it's just a reflective rhetorical. <laughs> okay, so should we keep going through this, or should we save this so far? I think that's enough for this podcast. Let's. Let's save this. We can jump into other concepts another time, and that way we don't trivialize it with too much, too many important information. models. So the main takeaway here is thinking about the context of communication in that we use uh, com communication that doesn't press urgency as much. Um, like there's a story of the old man in the sea who's trying to catch that whale, Moby Dick, and so he uses a harpoon, and he stabs Moby Dick with the harpoon and slowly reels him in. So when someone's walking through the warehouse and pulls you in suddenly, and you can't escape it because it's an important thing, it's just the urgency of it isn't, isn't there. I call it harpooning. It's not exactly urgent. It's not. It's important. It's just not something to stop me mid-tracks for. And I see that happen um, to you and Martina and Savannah all the time. They're constantly getting harpooned by um, folks needing things. And it can be avoided just with um, a thoughtful, mindful approach to, um, is my communication gonna cause this person to be reactive or proactive? Am I being mindful of allowing them the freedom to pick a different time to do this information processing? Yeah. Um, actually, I would like to add something here. Since we yeah. are talking about, I think we should talk about some of the etiquette of the asynchronous communication too. Yeah. Because when you have an in-person conversation, it's very easy to know whether or not somebody 
gets you and understands what you're saying. Usually it's very apparent in the way words they're reflecting back to you and how they respond to what you just said. But if you post something in Slack or you send somebody a message and they don't respond, you don't have any way of knowing whether or not they even read it, much less understand it or have any questions. So yeah, and we, we have uh, more about that. I, that's actually the next part of our. Oh, okay. Our, <laughs> our uh, communication policy. It's called the handshake, and that's yeah. exactly what you just described. And I go more into detail with it here, but perfect. We can uh, pick up this more with the next podcast. But the handshake is where we'll pick it up next time. No, it sounds good. All right, cool. Well, this was easy. That wasn't as hard as we thought, huh? No, no, it's great. Yeah. All right, perfect. Well, next time it is. All right. <laughs> Stay cool. Have a chill day. <laughs> All right, man, you got your podcast. We covered some good concepts there.